This is Modern Notebook. I'm Tyler Klein, and tonight I'm delighted to be joined by pianist Anne Duhamel. Uh, Anne is Associate Professor of Music at the University of Minnesota Morris, and her latest project is called Prayers for a Feverish Planet, a collection of 60 new works for piano with or without electronics, uh, which all confront the climate crisis in one way or another. Uh, Anne, welcome to Modern Notebook. Thank you so much for having me, Tyler. So uh, you initially conceived Prayers for a Feverish Planet three years ago in 2019. And um, at least personally, I feel that, especially since the pandemic began, uh, it just seems like things are just getting worse all the time, the climate crisis and, and whatnot. So I'm wondering at the time, what prompted you to initiate this project? Was there a specific moment or, or was it just kind of the general anxiety of it all? That is a super question. And I think... I think it was more the general anxiety of it all. You know, I mean, I can remember a few years ago where I would read the news and there would occasionally be an article about things heating up, you know, climate change. And it seemed like something that would be happening in the far off distant future. And then, you know, maybe I was feeling more anxious because of other things that were going on in our country, you know, the for me, uh, I felt a lot more anxious about everything starting in 2016. So that may have exacerbated things. At some point, I realized I was seeing a different article about climate change, not every week, but multiple times a day. And I was overcome by this feeling of despondency. <laughs> it's, I yeah. mean, yeah. I don't even know how else to describe it. It was just so depressing. Like all of these huge changes are happening to our planet and we should be able to do something about it, but yet nobody really seems to be taking the initiative to do anything. And I thought, well, I mean, I am one person, but I can do something. What can I do? Well, I mean, I guess one thing I could do is run for office, but that's totally not my personality. I don't think I have the right disposition for that. But I am a pianist, and I thought, well, maybe I can play a recital that's all music about climate change. And I started to think about pieces that I know that are about climate change, and I really couldn't think of that many. You know, I was pondering this idea for a few weeks, and it was simmering, and then I thought, I'll just I'll put out a call for scores. And, you know, maybe there are pieces out there that I don't know about, and maybe pe people would be interested in writing a piece that is about this topic. Well, yeah, and I I think about being a composer myself. You know, it 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 feels very, I guess, easy to create art based off off this. But I I imagine as a pianist, it was yeah, you had to kind of turn to composers to take those next steps, right? Right, because if somebody has written a piece about climate change, it's not in the canon yet. It would be really new, right? So unless it's getting a lot of play by a really famous pianist, it's you know, it's not well known. So I, I was reading on your website that uh, in response to this call for scores that you had, you received 316 individual movements and pieces that grapple with climate change in some way. That That is a lot of music it, dealing with. It's a lot. So much music. Yeah, I mean, it was it was something like just over 170 composers and some composers sent um, several pieces or multi-movement sets. So that's, you know, when I started to count up the number of discrete movements. That's uh, when I got to 300. Yeah. It took me a long time <laughs> to go through all of the pieces, but I wanted to do it in a really thoughtful way. So that's, you know, part of why it took me a long time. 
Well, yeah, that, and that was my next question is because I imagine it, it was really difficult to kind of narrow it down. So what what was your process like in, in kind of whittling down these 316 pieces to the 60 pieces that are, are now part of the project? Yeah, because in, actually initially when I conceived of the project, I thought I would have like a one hour or 80 minute just a, one solo recital. And I got so much music and I thought so much of it was really interesting. There was no way I could limit it to just one hour. So what I did is I listened to and played all of the pieces and it took me about a year, which was longer than I was expecting, but it, you know, there were lots of things going on during this time. But I didn't have a specific criteria at, you know, at first when I started this, I thought, oh, I'll rank the pieces from, you know, on a scale of one to 100. And then that just felt sort of like nitpicky. So eventually it just was like a yes column, a maybe column and a no column. And then I was thinking, so like to get into the yes column, the things I was thinking about are, of course, the relevance to the project. Because of those 316 movements, I actually got a handful of pieces from people that they were good pieces, but they weren't about climate change. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the next criteria for me is a bit subjective, but it's really like how much I liked the piece because I'm, I'll be the person who's spending the hours practicing it and performing it. So, you know, if I didn't like the piece, even if it was relevant, I probably didn't choose it. And it might be that I didn't like the piece just, you know, in combination with some of the other pieces. And there are quite a few pieces that I'm potentially saving for the future. Maybe a student will like it, or maybe I'll choose to learn it in the future. And then I also was thinking about and considering what audiences will respond to. And I think that could be, you know, a wide variety of things. I think audiences sometimes respond more to pieces that are really beautiful, but not necessarily. Um, And I guess, you know, this is also my perception of what audiences will respond to. But um, that was one consideration. And then I also wanted to have, um, since when when I realized there was no way I was going to be able to choose just, you know, 60 or 70 or 80 minutes of music, then I was starting to think about the variety of pieces that I could include. So I'm thinking about like, what are the variety of themes that fit under this big umbrella of climate change, a variety of musical textures, a variety of musical styles, sort of a variety of, you could call it sound worlds. And I was thinking about, you know, what pieces can I choose and that will help me to craft really interesting and really impactful programming for those people who are listening to it. Well, I, I, I really commend you on, on taking the time to do all that because I mean, as, as someone who does programming myself um, for this show and have, have done it for concerts, it's, it is not easy. I, I think a lot of people might expect it to be, Oh, here's, here's a bunch of music about climate change. Let's, let's do it. But uh, clearly that's, it's not that simple. So um, yeah, that's, that's awesome. Yeah. You know, uh, last fall, the fall of 2021, I um, was fortunate enough to have a residential fellowship at the University of Minnesota Minneapolis campus through a program called the Institute for Advanced Study. And this is like an interdisciplinary faculty program. There were 
um, people there from gender studies and people from geology, people from history. But anyway, every time we gave a presentation, one of the questions that almost always came up was about the narrative each one of us was creating with our research and our creative projects. And so I've been thinking a lot about that, both in crafting like an entire series and in, in how to order pieces within a program, like what's the narrative that I want to create. So that's, that's part of the process for me. Well, let's listen to some music from the project. This first piece is called Stop Deforestation. And I, I have to add that uh, because it doesn't get across on the radio, there is an exclamation point on this. Stop Deforestation by Dario Duarte. Can you uh, tell us a little bit about this piece? Yeah, there were several pieces in the project when I first started to listen to the sample that was sent. And I thought, oh, I love this. This is a definite yes for me. And Dario's piece is one of those pieces. I think it's really beautiful. It actually kind of reminds me of Radiohead, although I don't know if he necessarily had. I don't think Radiohead is one of his you know, musical influences. But if you listen to Radiohead's music, you may hear some similarities with the harmonies. What you're also going to hear in this piece is the left hand has this um, continuous rhythmic ostinato, this pattern that goes on and on, where every beat is divided into seven parts. And when the piece reaches its apex, the division of the left hand beat then moves to six parts. So it's fewer parts, it becomes a thinner texture. And then as we move toward the end of the piece, there are five parts per beat and then four parts per beat. So it's like the trees are thinning out. So musically, it's like representing this idea of what is happening when a place is deforested. And he's from South America. He's from Buenos Aires. But, you know, that's not that far away from Brazil. And it makes me think of the Amazon, which, of course, is where a huge problem of deforestation is happening. This is Stop Deforestation by Dario Duarte, performed by pianist Anne Duhamel. Thank you. 
pianist Anne DeHamel performing De Rio Duarte's Stop Deforestation from her Prayers for a Feverish Planet project. I'm Tyler Klein. This is Modern Notebook on Classical WSMR 89.1 and 103.9. I'm speaking with Anne DeHamel about Prayers for a Feverish Planet, a project that she began in 2019 presenting 60 pieces in concert that respond to the climate crisis that we face. So this past April, you held a multi-day musical series at your university, University of Minnesota Morris, presenting pieces from this project. Uh, Could you speak a little bit about what these concerts were like? Sure. So it was a series of eight concerts where I presented all of the pieces from the project. The first concert was sponsored by the IAS from the University of Minnesota Twin Cities. They do a Thursday series. So at that concert, that was sort of a general concert. And my speaker at that one was Kate Knuth, who is a former Minnesota state representative, but she's also a climate activist and an author. And she has an essay that appears in a book called All We Can Save, which is many different authors contributing their voices um, and their thoughts about the climate crisis. After the IAS Thursdays event, then all of the other programs were grouped by theme. And so I had those themes. Uh, One of them was kind of a mixed bag. It was light, dark shadows and ephemerality. Um, I had quite a few pieces that were submitted that were about these ideas of light and dark and shadows, and that was really captivating to me. I had a program, the theme was anxiety and grief about the climate crisis. I had a program that all the pieces were related to water, um, whether that was specifically water or sea levels rising or the melting of uh, the Arctic ice shelf, things that relate somehow to water. I had a program, the theme was meditation and prayers. Um, Several people submitted pieces with that theme because of the title of my project. Uh, And then on the last day, I had three programs. The first theme was human progress. And then I had a, a performance where the theme was pieces with text. I guess that's not so much a climate change issue, but I got a lot of interesting pieces with text. And so um, these pieces all had, some of them were poems specifically written about global warming and some were just poems kind of about um, nature, but that are, you know, could be related to global warming. And then I had a piece for narrator and piano in six movements that was called For the Love of Bees. And then the final theme was trees and hope. I grouped those two themes together. So so the the programs were interdisciplinary. And what I mean by that is I had a speaker at each one of these themed concerts. And they were a lot of people that I know from the University of Minnesota Morris. Our sustainability director spoke at one. He spoke really beautifully and eloquently. Um, I had a professor from environmental studies speak. Actually, I had two professors from environmental studies speak. Um, I had a poet at one. I have a friend who's a hydrologist. He spoke at one. I have a friend who, uh, her research area, she's a musician, but her research area is mindfulness with music. And so she spoke at one. And then a former professor from U of M Morris, he 
um, he taught in biology and his research area is trees, but he actually retired from academia a few years ago and he now works on climate policy for uh, Minnesota Senator Tina Smith. So he was a speaker at another. So the, the way the concerts were set up is I, I had a PowerPoint for each one, which sometimes that had information about the piece. Sometimes it had a picture, um, but I was trying to be really sustainable. And so that served as a program rather than having printed programs that people would then just throw away. Um, and I also had QR codes. So if people wanted to look at, you know, more extensive program and I divided each concert into sections. So I would speak a little bit, I would play, and then my speaker would speak, I would play, my speaker would speak, I would play. And so that was really practical for me because it gave me a break in between pieces, but it also was really practical for the listener because to give a listener, you know, 60 or 75 minutes of new music, that can be kind of a lot. So it, I think um, it was, it worked really well in terms of the flow. And then um, also to have, you know, information related to the themes of the pieces. Well, I, I have to say that I really, I both admire and appreciate this kind of uh, holistic approach that you're talking about. You know, no, I, I knew that you had brought in speakers to, to talk about their subject matters uh, related to sustainability and climate change. Uh, but hearing about um, the way you presented the programs, like paperless programs, I mean, that's, that's really, um, that's really nice. I, I like that. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so speaking of uh, these experts that you brought in to uh, present on the subject of climate change, how do you feel that these um, expert talks enhanced the already poignant subject matter of the music? I think on a, on a couple of different levels, like when our sustainability director spoke, I just, I mean, I think I mentioned earlier, I just found it so eloquent and it like, like touched me really deeply emotionally. So some of the peak speakers, you know, had that quality. And I think, you know, this idea and actually in preparing for him to speak, you know, I met with him a few times and, you know, he's done a lot of work with other people around the country and sustainability. And he, I won't remember her name, but he credited somebody. I want to say that she is a native person from somewhere near Seattle. And she said, um, you know, we can have all of these facts and figures and data, but that doesn't necessarily move us. What moves us is our emotions. And so the, you know, having speakers who speak really beautifully and, and really get to the heart of the matter, I think that can help people make a difference. But one other thing that I personally took away from this, which I found so powerful and more than, more than one person mentioned this, which is that it's not too late. I mean, we hear a lot of news that about all the, you know, how dire things are. It's not too late, but where we are right now is at this precipice. It, one of the environmental studies professors, his name is Clement Liu. He said, it's not too late, but we need like every election in the world in the next two years to go the right way so that we're not on this disastrous course. You know, it's not too late to change, but we just need the political willpower. That was really powerful for me to hear more than one person. I mean, they didn't like get together, you know, 
without me to discuss <laughs> if they were going to say yeah. the same things or not. But to, but to hear these experts say it's not too late, we can turn this around. We have the creativity, we have the know-how. We just need to have the political willpower. I mean, that's that was really powerful for me. Yeah, that's that's amazing. Uh, this is Modern Notebook on Classical WSMR. I'm Tyler Klein speaking with pianist Andu Hamill about her project, Prayers for a Feverish Planet. Uh, I'd like to play another piece, this one titled Air from Laura Schwendinger's Magic Carpet Music. Uh, tell us a little bit about how this piece fits into the project. Sure. Well, so I've known Laura for a few years. Um, I met her... Um, maybe nine or 10 years ago when I was playing with a new music ensemble and we played a concert at the University of Wisconsin in Madison. And that is where she is professor of music. And I've always admired her music. I think it's, um, there's something really special about her music. Um, and so I chose this piece because I love how she uses um, musical space and the register on the piano. And I think She's really masterful in how she writes um, musical form, and I and I really love her sense of musical architecture. It's a real subtle buildup, but then but the way she releases it is really beautiful and captivating to me. And it's very like sort of ethereal music. Um, so the this piece is actually the oldest piece of all the pieces that were submitted to me. It's 20 years old. She composed it in 2002. And uh, my understanding is it originally was a chamber music piece for different instrumentation for flute, clarinet, violin, and cello. And she adapted it for the pianist Jenny Lynn. This is Air from Laura Schwindiger's Magic Carpet Music, performed by pianist Anne Duhamel.
That was pianist Andu Hamill performing Air from Magic Carpet Music by Laura Schwendinger. This is Modern Notebook on Classical WSMR 89.1 and 103.9. I'm your host, Tyler Klein, speaking with Andu Hamill about her project titled Prayers for a Feverish Planet. You can find out more about Anne and about the project on her website, andehamel.com. So I, I feel that um, climate change, for for better or for worse, I, I think for worse, has become such a just a contentious and div- divisive and political topic. And and some people might feel that there's no place for politics like this in, in music. Um, so I'm curious that in in the course of presenting your concerts, uh, what kind of response did you get from concert goers? I mean, I would say that I had a really positive response from concert goers. Um, you, you, so these concerts, they took place live, but then I also streamed them via Zoom because, you know, it's still a pandemic. And, and also, you know, a lot of composers live in different countries and then mm. it gave them an opportunity to also tune in. So um, people I know told me they really enjoyed it. I mean, one of my friends who is a biologist, she wrote on my Facebook wall, brilliant and evocative. So that, you know, that made me feel great. Um, I think probably if people like, you know, are feeling like it's really political and they're not interested in this kind of artistic expression about climate change, I think they probably just didn't bother to come to the concert Mm. or tune in. So um, I will say that... um, you know, before the pandemic, I would, I don't, I wouldn't like fill up our recital hall, but I would draw pretty big crowds. And these crowds were pretty small, but again, it's during the pandemic and Zoom was an option. So it's hard for me to say if it was just a smaller group of people interested in coming because of the topic or because of other circumstances. So uh, shifting gears just a little bit, uh, on your website, you say uh, the title prayer is not necessarily indicative of a religious quality to the music. And, uh, you know, to me, I can't imagine any other word except for prayer being in the title. So can you elaborate a little bit on on that decision? Yeah. Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, I think so when I came up with this idea, I knew I wanted to do something about climate change. And I actually spent several weeks so in my mind, like workshopping different titles, you know, like writing out different titles, variations of titles, you know, what do I think sounds good? What has a lot of emotional resonance for me? Um, and I, and I landed on this one and I let it sit for a few days and it was really powerful for me. And so then when I, I went to Google and I, you know, put it in quotes and there were zero hits and I was like, okay, this is what I'm going to title my project. But I was thinking, you know, I guess it's sort of semantics and maybe it's because I grew up Catholic and I'm not a practicing Catholic anymore, but this idea of like religious versus spiritual, like I think a person can offer something up um, to something beyond themselves and it doesn't necessarily have to be religious. It doesn't have to be dogmatic. You don't have to be a devout practitioner of something, you know, to offer up a prayer. You know, I kind of think um, of the writer Anne Lamott. She has a book called Help, Thanks, Wow, The Three Essential Prayers. So it's sort of like, an, you know, like an, um, yeah, I don't know, a, a secular, <laughs> secular yeah. prayers. If that, I don't know if that really answers your question, but that's kind of my thinking behind it. 
No, I, I love that. That's, I mean, and I think I read on your website that some of the pieces are, are kind of like little prayers, actually. I mean, in that kind of meditative, uh, spiritual sense, I, I suppose. Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. And in fact, there was a group of pieces. I mean, I think this is really cool. Um, and actually, they were all women composers, too. But three composers submitted pieces that use the hymn tune uh, for the beauty of the earth, if any of the mm. listeners are familiar with that. Um, and they and they all treat the, the tune quite differently. And some of them, the tune is really recognizable. Um, and some of them, it's less recognizable. But I just think that that's really really quite brilliant. Um, so one of the pieces is by Wendy Davis meditation for earth and sky. So that refers to that meditation, meditative quality you mentioned. Um, Darlene Mitchell wrote a piece that she calls for the beauty of the earth. And then Vanessa Cornett wrote our world so freely given. And I, it, we're not playing this on the program, but, um, I think her piece is really quite brilliant and people can go to my website and click on the link and read her program notes. So I'd like to share one more piece, uh, and this is one that I've seen you describe as uh, one of your favorites out of all 60 pieces in the project. It's Gunter Gopp's Those Who Watch. Uh, so what makes it one of your favorites, and what are we going to hear? Well, just like with Stop Deforestation, from the moment I pressed play on uh, on the piece when it was submitted to me, I just loved it. It has a great groove for one. So musically it's got this really interesting groove, but what, uh, what Gunter does is he has this electronic backing track with spoken word samples and the samples that he uses. I just think it's really fascinating. He takes different voices, uh, people speaking in the public eye about climate change. And some of these are right-wing voices and some of them are scientific voices. And they create sort of this heightened sense of anxiety. Like when I first played the piece for my husband, he said, oh my gosh, I can feel my blood pressure <laughs> going up. Um, but so like some of the, like, like he um, uses samples from Laura Ingram and he uses other samples from a guy who I'd actually never heard of. His name is Dan Pena. And if, I mean, if you're interested in the clip, you can go to YouTube and type in the title, which is, is global warming the biggest fraud in history? Where Dan Pena says, he's, you know, he's like going off on how climate change isn't something that's special for our time. And he's, he has this quote, like in the cosmos of time, it's not a fart in the wind. You're going to hear that come out. So there are these voices that are like clearly stating incorrect information, but then underlying that, but distorted. So it's so slow. You can't really hear it are voices of scientists giving us correct information, but it's so low in the base. It's like the foundation of everything uh, musically that's going on. And then at the very end, you're going to hear Bill Nye. I won't say what he says because it's the very last thing in the whole piece, but, but Bill Nye is the voice of reason. And those quotes are taken again. If you want to go to YouTube to watch the clips, they're from crossfire segment called are the solutions for climate change just as dangerous. It's amazing. I'm excited about this. This is uh, Gunter Gopp's Those Who Watch. Pianist Anne Duhamel performs here on Modern Notebook. 
by Gunter Gopp. That was pianist Andrew Hamill performing. Well, and it's it's been so great talking with you and listening to the pieces, uh, just a few pieces from Prayers for a Feverish Planet. Uh, and I'm wondering what's next for this project? Yeah, well, f- first I want to say thank you so much for having me, Tyler. It's been really delightful to be in conversation with you today. Um, so I was really lucky. I just received quite a large grant from the University of Minnesota so that I can travel uh, with these pieces over the next 18 months. So I've been working on 
assembling some concerts around the country, and I there will also be a few that are abroad. Um, when I play them, it probably won't be all you know eight hours <laughs> of music. Um, it will probably be you know themed concerts or you know uh, concerts that are that pick and choose from the ver- from the variety of themes. Um, but I'm really looking forward to sharing this music with other people. And then after I, you know, spend some months touring, um, then my plan is to record some of the pieces. Perfect. Cool. Well, Anne, it's been, it's been so great talking to you and and thanks for coming on the show. Thank you, Tyler. Anne Duhamel is associate professor of music at the university of Minnesota Morris and her latest project called Prayers for a Feverish Planet is a collection of 60 new works for piano with or without electronics which all confront the climate crisis. You can find out more about the project and about Anne by visiting her website, anneduhamel.com.